Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. There's been a word stirring in me for a couple months now uh, on covenant. And uh, so I've just been really leaning into it, really just figuring out what it is that God wants me to speak on covenant. And um, I think today's the day. And so we were up in Chicago and Ian just gave a great word on covenant. Uh, I was speaking to Josh this week, Josh Haas, um, kind of preparing some stuff for the wedding. And I asked for a little help and, uh, and he gave me some stuff on covenant. I'm like, I'm not using that at the wedding. I'm saving that for Sunday. So anyways, we're just going to go after this, but there's been things that I've been preaching about that keep coming up, and the more I preach about this, the more we talk about it, the more that we really get it just, the, the deeper I go for covenant and what that means. Because covenant is not just me giving you a promise, covenant's a two-way street, but covenant costs something. That's really what today's message title is, the cost of covenant. We, we, we think we can just come in here and be a part of a church and just attend on a Sunday, wrong it's a two-way street and if we say family like i require each of one of my daughters to have chores in our house it costs them something to live at our house it costs them something to eat supper everybody's going to set the table clean up the table take out the trash put away dishes put away dishes from the dishwasher like if you're part of our family you're going to serve in it all right so it's the cost of covenant it, it costs something to be a member here even in our bylaws, it says it costs something. You have to give of your time and be a faithful attender. You have to give of your finances and be a tither. Those, those are things that cost as part of the covenant. I know we talk about the family wall, but the family wall is more than just getting your picture on a wall. The family wall actually meant that I'm going to own this place and it's going to be mine. I'm going to be responsible for upper room. I'm putting a stake in the ground to say, this is my house too. Listen, this isn't just a Simmons house or Aaron and Nicole's house or, or the pastor's house. Listen, this is your home. This is your house. This is your family. You've made a covenant when you come here to become a member or put your, your picture on that wall. And if you haven't done it, we welcome you to do that. But what you do is when you pin that picture up on that family wall, what you're saying is, I'm actually going to take a piece of ownership in this place. I'm going to own it. I'm going to not only attend, I'm not only going to give, I'm actually going to sow my talent into it too. I'm going to serve. I say many times that even though I'm a pastor and a firefighter, when I go home, I also take out the trash every Monday night. There's things that I do in my home, even if I'm called to the nations. There's things that I do in my local body, even if I'm called to do crusades elsewhere. So I'm going to get into the, the, just the Bible and tons of examples of covenant. And I'm just going to say, listen, it's going to cost you something. We, we've, made it, we've made it like really, really, um, we, we've stated our expectations. We've, we've said what family is. We've preached over the last couple of years what family isn't. Now we're really deepening what covenant really is. Because I'll be honest, you don't know if you have covenant until actually some, some tension comes. You don't know if you have covenant until there's confrontation. And, and I'm just going to be real with you. Sometimes when confrontation comes and all of a sudden I have to be vulnerable and I come into this church. Now, all of a sudden, I'm either going to stay and get planted and form covenant or I'm going to bolt. That, that's where it's at. Because you don't know if you have covenant until there's actual tension and there's, and there's this, this, this confrontation. 
Otherwise, it's just a friendship. Otherwise, it's just a superficial relationship. Listen, I can avoid um, um, confrontation on Facebook and have 2,000 friends. But it doesn't mean I have covenant with 2,000 people because there's never been that confrontation. I've had Jamie Van Gelder and I, we, we, he came here and he had a meeting and, and, and just, just to share really what happened, I was recording that meeting because I was missing it and I wanted to know what happened. Then after that meeting, there was a private session with somebody in the church here. And all of a sudden, I, I, I was listening to the meeting I missed and it was a year later when he was coming back. And I said, and, and I was listening to it and then all of a sudden it cuts into this private meeting and I didn't... I didn't want to listen to that. I didn't want to hear that. But I immediately heard something that didn't settle well with me. I immediately heard somebody telling him lies and things that may have been told to that person that were dead wrong. And then I heard his advice given to them based on a bed of lies. So, so I called Jamie right up. I, I pray about it. I'm like, what do I need to do? And I called Jamie. I'm like, hey, Jamie, man, I, I just got an issue with you. This person came to you with this stuff and you never once told him to come to me. Like we're family culture. The other thing is you never had a conversation with me about what this was. You were, you were coming into my home here and you were, and then you were giving counsel and didn't come with me. And he's like, oh man, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that. Now this was a year later. Like I'm, 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 I'm somebody that I really value. I really look up to somebody that I really treasure that, that relationship. And I had a choice here rather just to let it blow by or actually confront it. And I said, listen, he's coming back to my house and I want to make sure that we have clear expectations here of our relationship and that we can go deeper than just him coming to preach for us occasionally and me going to preach for him last year. I want to make sure that we actually have covenant. So I chose to confront this thing and, and he apologized and we talked about it. And then when I was at his place and then when he was back here, he even used it as an example. Listen, we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have some confrontation because it took us deeper. You don't know if you have covenant until you actually have confrontation and there's some junk in the middle. The covenant is not just this thing where we hang out. Covenant is not just this thing where, where we feel good about the worship and, and, we, and we, we like the same things and we both like to hunt. That's not covenant. That might be like-mindedness, but it's not covenant. Covenant literally means that I'll die for you, I'll die from you, and I'll die with you. That's what it means. If you're taking notes, take those down. Covenant literally means that I'll die for you. I will take a bullet for you, even if it's from you. Nick, we, we had a conversation in Mexico. We were, we, were, we were going through some confrontation there with Pastor Armando. We were at this, this fun dinner, and all of a sudden, this hot topic comes out. And, and we're trying to, to navigate through it, and there's some differences and philosophies and, and just different things there. And Nick's like, oh, you know, Whatever. If you know Nick, he sometimes doesn't care what people think about him. And I'm like, I'm trying to be pastoral. And I'm like, yeah, you know, everybody, conviction and this. And yeah, we're trying to navigate through this thing, right? And then all of a sudden it just hits me. I was like, listen, you may not agree with Nick on this issue, but Nick would literally take a bullet for me, even if it was from me. Because I know there's, there's, there's several people here that would, but Nick, he literally would. But here's the next part of that. Not only would you die for somebody or even from them, you'd die with them. That means till death do us part. Yesterday we did this wedding. And listen, meaning die with means we may end up at different places on the planet serving the kingdom. But it means we will always have a heart connection and we will always be in this together. And it means that we will literally die with each other. 
My wife and I, we made a covenant. We made a vow till death do us part. And when you make a covenant with somebody, it literally is that. It doesn't mean you're always in the same place at the same time. It doesn't mean you agree. Listen, I had no idea how I was going to enter this, but covenant does not mean you agree. Covenant means you're going to die for each other. Covenant means that I don't always agree with everything Nicole says, does, or even does with our kids. It doesn't mean that. But at the end of the day, when we're at the table and I disagree, I honor my wife and I support her and I come into unity with her so that our kids can see that we are united and we're in love and we still have covenant even through a disagreement. And then at the end of the day, we work that out. That's covenant. Covenant actually means you work it out. Covenant means you actually get down and dirty and you get to business and you work it out. You don't, don't just leave. Members, I say all the time, members might come and go. Families, we stick together. You don't just experience it that sounds too loud and you bolt. It's so petty. It's so petty when the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. And at best, leave a voicemail. Oh, come on, it's not covenant. Covenant actually means that we will die with each other, from each other, and for each other. That's covenant. Covenant means that we're actually going to get dirty working this thing out. It doesn't mean that the first wave of difficulty, the first wave of some disagreement comes and we're out. Listen, that's called flight. I'm a fight person. And I'm going to fight for unity. We used to say when our family was going through a difficult time after my mom died and all these things were happening. We, we were going through this time. And we would say, we would always say, listen, we are fighting for unity and we're fighting to keep the unity once we have it. We fight for unity and we fight to keep it. Listen, we are fighting for covenant here. And it might be hard. It might be something you're not used to. But listen, when rumors start to come, we don't listen to them. And we actually get it and we confront them. Let's go to the word here. Acts 2. Go with me. Acts 2, 42 through 47. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. I might break my time record in the last couple months here today. I'm going to try my best though. So I'm going to read really fast. I love covenant, but what I've realized is my value for covenant isn't the same as some other people's value for covenant. Because when I say covenant, when I say we're going to be friends, and when I say we're going to be family, I mean it literally forever. It doesn't mean that, that we'll always be here at Upper Room together, I, and I get that, and we've blessed people out. Like we, we literally, we get excited when we get to literally, to legitimately healthily with honor send somebody to their destiny jonathan and tara left here they were covenant with us and they've been sent to nashville on a covenant on a kingdom assignment there, there's no bitterness there there's no there's I, I talked to john for an hour on the phone this week we're blessing them we're still pouring into them that's covenant we sent them we officially honestly with honor blessed them laid hands on them sent them listen i'm not opposed to that but covenant means that we'll always have a heart connection it means that we'll always have a relationship. It means that we will never forget about them and they'll never forget about us. Covenant is always a two-way street because it costs something. It costs something. It's not covenant if it's only one-sided. Acts 2, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Listen, I read this a few weeks ago and, 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 and it just hit me and it just confirmed that I'm supposed to go on covenant. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. 
and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes of the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Listen, let, let, let's just talk about the sacrifice. Need a Kleenex. God tells them this promise, and we've, we've reviewed this over the last few weeks, so I'm going to just jump to the point here on covenant. Listen, it cost them something. Not only did they leave wherever they were coming from, they came into one place, were in one mind, one accord, they sold everything, and then it says they met daily in the temple and in homes, and they broke bread together. Listen, it cost them something. It not just only cost them their possessions, they sold everything. Every once in a while, I get into this debate with somebody about not believing in tithing. And I said, listen, we can do it the Old Testament way or we can do it the New Testament way. You got to sell everything and give it to the church. What's your preference? Because I'm fine with either way. Whatever you want to do, whatever God convicts your heart. <laughs> Angie's laughing. She handles our books. <laughs> it's the honest truth. It costs them something. Listen, they, the other week I talked about passion. They were so passionate about coming together for covenant that they dropped everything they were doing. They, they forsake everything. They sold it all. And then they met every day. Twice a day. Because if they're meeting in this place and in this place, they were meeting twice a day, every day with each other. Listen, we tend to get sick of each other if we see each other more than once a week. <laughs> we're afraid to open up our homes to people. Now, come on. Like... We literally built this place with blood, sweat, and tears. It is not time to let off that gas pedal of covenant. It's time we press into it and start to sacrifice a little again. Listen, we've not lost what we've had. We're only gaining more, but we've lost some of the fundamental values of what it took to get us here. All of a sudden, we build a building, and I feel apathy come in because we've arrived. Listen, we've not arrived because Jesus hasn't returned yet, and there's still people going to hell. Micah's like, Yes, preach the gospel. Listen, this is where I'm at, and I'm, no, I'm pressing today. I'm going to press into you today. I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable because covenant costs something. It's not about a fancy brown seat with nice toilet paper in the bathroom. It costs something. We've asked every one of our pastors to be at both services every week because it costs us something. I signed my name on the loan of this church that I would lose my house if this failed. It costs me something. There's been night after night after night. I go home and my kids are asking, where were you? It's costing me something. But I'm willing to die for it. Because I'm willing to live for it. It costs me something. Let's move on. Listen, there's always a symbol of covenant. In a wedding, there's a ring. In the, in the biblical times, there was land being traded. There was daughters being gifted to men. There was these things of signs of covenant. It cost something. There was livestock traded. It cost something to be in covenant. Listen, the cross cost something. It was covenant that sent Jesus to the cross. And the cross took conviction to covenant to join us back to the Father in covenant. Not in convenience. Listen, it was not a convenient death of the cross. It was the covenant death of the cross. And it took him there and he paid a full price and it cost his life. Think about that. Jesus gave his life for us. He gave his life for everything that we're a part of today. He created us out of dust. He created us out of nothing and made us into something. And then he died for us. 
Because we are something. Because you are something. Because you are somebody. But he's created you for covenant with a purpose. Peter, listen. I know there's a time where Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? No, do you really love me? But let me tell you, let me prove the covenant that Peter had with Jesus. They're in a garden. The army's coming to get Jesus. Peter takes out his sword. And, and listen, this is all the guards around. The whole army's there. And he takes out a sword and he chops off an ear off of, off, of, off of the soldier's ear. He chops it off. Now listen, there's this mystery why he did it. Maybe it's a prophetic word that they weren't hearing that Jesus was Messiah. I don't know. Or maybe he was just a bad shot. Maybe he was trying to cut the head off of that guy. I don't know. I really don't know. But here's the deal. He was willing to die for Jesus. He pulled out his sword, was surrounded by soldiers, willing to die for him. Let me move on here. Two verses that I want to read. Philippians 3.10. And actually the one Mike already read. Philippians 3.10 says this. I know I'm intense today. But I think covenant is a very intense commitment. I think it's a very intense thing, and we can't take it lightly. Just like yesterday, I didn't take that wedding lightly. I spent hours and hours through the week knowing what God wanted me to say to join this couple from two different places, two different parents, together into one. Listen, that's what God does. He joins hearts together, and it's not something lightly. It's not something to be taken for granted. Covenant is a serious business. He just wants you to have fun in it. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Philippians 3.10 says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I got in this conversation with Jake Hamilton two years ago just about this. For an hour, we sat around coffee talking about this. I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. But then it goes on to say this, and this is what we leave out as, a, as Christians. This is what we forget, getting into this culture of easy Christianity, greasy grace, hyper grace. We're getting, the culture is swinging. Morality is starting to swing. And this is not a doom and gloom. This is the greatest times to be alive. I also see the greatest revival happening right now. I'm seeing the greatest harvest, but I'm also seeing a, a pendulum of morality and a pendulum of, of, of people coming to church and then fussing and mussing about having a weekend conference. Acts 2, every day, twice a day. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And, now here's what we leave out, in participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Listen, it's one thing to know him and to focus on what is happening, all right? And, and we do that as a, as a philosophy here. We do that as, as theology. We focus more on God, what, what God is doing than what he isn't doing. We focus more on God and the good news than we do the devil and his tactics. We just do. Jesus never preached the kingdom of the devil. He preached the kingdom of heaven, all right? He preached what was happening. He preached the good news. He didn't focus on what the enemy was doing. He just healed the sick, raised the dead, and welcomed people into eternity, that, that's what he did. But here's the deal. We as Christians in a society are getting to this point of, un, of under, underutilizing, underestimating, and not realizing the potential and the purpose of covenant. Covenant is not just to, to celebrate in his resurrection. It's also to participate in his sufferings. It's also that it's going to cost something. Listen, Jesus died for me. This life is a gift from him. We can see it in our finances to say, well, it's all his anyway. Yeah, so is my time. So is my life. He gifted it to me for this earth. He gifted it to the earth. He gifted you to the people around you, not for you. He didn't gift you for yourself. He gifted you for everybody around you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why would there need to be hope? For you and everybody around you. 
This church is moving from trying to change a church and a city to a region. Listen, we need you to put the pedal to the metal more now than ever. We need more servants now than ever. Why? Because God is enhancing our vision. God is enhancing our call. God is enhancing our influence. Now's not the time to let up and say somebody else is going to do it. Listen, they're not. And they're not going to do what you were called to do because there's no one to fill that gap because only you can fill your shoes. That's a part of covenant. It's not just to celebrate the resurrection. It's also to, to be part and participate in the glory of his suffering. Next one, Hebrews 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Micah went on and read that it's actually... You actually demonstrate it regularly. You continue to do this. You actually prove it. Listen, there's been this pendulum of morality and we're seeing things swing a little bit. In America, we're seeing, seeing things that, that are okay today that weren't okay 20, 40, 60 years ago. We're seeing these things. We're seeing TV change. We're seeing these things. It is not a time for us to lighten up on righteousness. It is not a time for us to lighten up on prayer and time with God and reading and getting into our word. It is not a time to let up off that gas pedal and covenant with him. It is not, and it's not a time to lighten up a covenant with each other. It's not a time, it's time we press in and we get a little messy and we actually confront the things that need to be confronted. Un, un, uh, things that don't go confronted never go deep. They never go deep. Why? Because we'll just continue to manipulate and we'll continue to cope and we'll continue just to have a superficial relationship. Because I'm guarded, I'm only gonna let you go this far. Let's, let's move on. Abraham's covenant. Genesis 17 says this. I'm about 10 minutes away from landing this thing, I think. Not too shabby. 17, 7 through 14. I'm reading in the NLT from this. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is God and Abraham having a conversation Listen, covenant is a two-way street, but covenant's going to cost you something. Covenant's actually going to require a price. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I will give you the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. I will be their possession forever. I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham... Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. Listen, God's saying, this is my promise to you. This is my covenant to you. This is what I'm going to do. But then he says, now this is what I need you to do for me. Okay, well, there's a lot of if and then statements in the Bible. If my people will humble themselves in prayer and, and, and blah, 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 then I will do this. I, I took a C++. Any programmers in here? Computer programmers? Anybody take any classes in computer programming? Okay. Whew. Tim, God bless your heart. All right. I, 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 I took one class in college for C++, and, and I was miserable. I was like, this is terrible. All right. It took me a day to type out my name in computer programming language. I was like, this is ridiculous. And it took a week or, or a month, I think, we spent on creating just a little basic game. I was like, oh, this is just Horrible, I can't do this, I, I need it faster. 
all right? So it's, it's always these if and then statements, and it's just tons and tons of pages just to get a little bit of thing to happen on the computer. But here's, that's an if and a then. If, if, if I give you this, then I'm requiring this. So this is what Abraham uh, is told. Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants had this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to the members of your family, but also the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant of family for breaking the covenant. Listen, it's called covenant, and it costs something. It's not free. Covenant doesn't come free. Covenant comes with a price. Covenant requires some time of investment. Covenant requires confrontation. Covenant requires actually coming together and getting close. That's what covenant is. Covenant means serving one another, laying down your own agendas, laying aside yourself and serving somebody else. That's what covenant is. Covenant means that even if you're not going to pursue this relationship, I'm going to pursue it. Covenant means that even if you're, you're coming against me, I'm going to be for you. Covenant means I'm going to keep my word to you. Covenant means I'm going to honor you even behind your back. That's what covenant is. So we get to this place, going from convenient relationship to covenant relationship. And, and, and David, he has this, this season of hardship, this season where he goes to a doulum in this cave. And it says that hundreds of these men came with him. And it says they sought him out, they, they went to him. Now here's what was happening. They looked up to David. He was the giant killer. He was, he was this person that was, that was, that was veered and, and just admired, right? He was a warrior. So here's all these people coming to him to try to meet his needs in this season of, of his time of need. But here's what happens. All of a sudden, this, the covenant is forming. So by the time they get to Hebron, they go from convenient relationships to covenant relationships. And here's the cool thing. I was reading about the mighty warriors of David, David's mighty warriors. Thirty-some of them are coming together. And here's a story that jumped out to me this week about covenant. It was all of a sudden, he, David's saying, I'm thirsty. Listen, he had this need, and, and he, he had this, he was just thirsty. So he had these two men go across enemy lines. Because they were willing to die for David. They were willing to put covenant on the line. They were willing to kill themselves, literally die, to get David water. And then here's the picture of covenant. They come back with the water. David's convicted, dumps it out doesn't even drink it. Here these men sacrifice their lives literally against enemy lines. They broke through and they get this water and they come back and David just pours the water out and then repents. Doesn't mention one thing about those men complaining about it. It doesn't mention one thing about those men maybe not being able to go home to their wives and kids because they went to get David water and then he just dumps it out. Not one bad thing was said about David through this. Listen, that's covenant. That's covenant. I'm willing to die for you, and I'm willing to do anything for you and die for your vision, and I'm willing to serve you. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God, and I'm talking about this body. I'm talking about the bride. I'm talking about where you are right now, upper room. It's not covenant with me when you're serving here, when you're volunteering for vacation Bible school, when you're serving and, and being here. That, it's not about me. 
Listen, I, I, I might not be here tomorrow. Upper room will continue to go on. Listen, this is, this is about covenant even with your spouse. It's covenant with your friends. It's covenant with your family. Covenant is, is, is priceless. Listen, when you all of a sudden realize you've got a group of people that are willing to die for you, even if it is from you, and they're willing to die with you and do this journey of life together forever, it's amazing. So you this happen, and, and David, he dumps the water out, and these guys don't even complain. They don't even badmouth him. There's not a story about it. Why? Because it was covenant. They didn't care. They were serving. They believed in him. They were willing to die for him and his vision. Let me, let me close with this. The band can come. Joshua 5, Joshua 5, 1 through 9, I don't know if I'll read it or not at this point, but yeah, I'm going to read it. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of the Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gilbeath Haraloth. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born after the exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years. Some of them didn't even believe in the cause. Some of them wanted to go back to slavery but for 40 years, they gave up everything for covenant. Sometimes not knowing where their food was going to come from. Not knowing if the Pharaoh and his clan were going to get them. Not knowing if that sea was actually going to part. Here they are, still going for 40 years. During the years in the wilderness had not been, had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord. Some of the people were on this journey. They died for the cause and didn't even get to see the promised land. I don't know what we're going to be able to see and not see. I don't know the price that I'm paying now. Who's actually going to benefit from it in 40 years, 80 years, 120 years if we're here? I don't know. But I know this. What keeps me going is knowing that there is a generation that's going to reap what I'm paying. It's not about me. It's not about upper room. It's about the kingdom of heaven and knowing that God even loved the, 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 the generations. He loved the God and the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The things we pay now and the covenants that we make now and the covenant that we make with God now is actually changing a legacy in a generation. It's creating a movement. I, here's a group of people that died and didn't even get to see the promised land they didn't get to see the land of milk and honey but it was covenant that kept them journeying with Moses listen that was a generation that served Moses now you got a new guy leading the pack and here's what happens 
for they had disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he's sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places, for they had been, not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt, so that place has been called Galgal to this day. I researched how to pronounce that one. It's not Gilgal, it's Galgal. Maybe, I hope. Listen, here, here's the point. This is partly what Ian was saying in a message I heard. I'm going to give him credit this time and maybe next service after that I'm going to just own it. But here's the thing. You had this generation come that was serving Moses, going to the promised land, going where a place flowing with milk and honey. They had been circumcised. Now they're out on this 40-year journey. They don't even get to see it. It says, now Joshua's there. Now listen, God tells him, sharpen flint stones. These weren't surgical knives, folks. These people were old enough now. They were past the eight days. They were likely all adults. And he's sharpening stones, and he circumcised them all. Listen, here, here's the whole point of today's message. Listen, in 98, my dad starts the church. A little over five years ago, my wife and I take it over, and we, we got you on board with a vision. We got you on board. There's this family wall out there. And just like Ian said, I, I think it's time to re-sign up. Listen, here's Joshua's coming to this place to rip. And he's saying, are you all in? Are you going to own this thing with me? Because I'm not crossing to go to that promised land until I know your heart. Until I know if you're all in. But if you are, it's going to cost you something. Stay with me. Here's what he's saying. Joshua's saying, listen, we've been promised this thing, now it's ours. Look, we can see it. We can see it. It's ours. But there's this one thing I have to do first. You all have to be circumcised because covenant's gonna cost you something here. Listen, your parents paid a price, but it's time you pay a price. The people ahead of you, the people ahead of me, they've paid a price. It's time for us to pay a price. It's time, just like Ian said, it's time to re-sign up. It's time to re-sign up. It's time to re-sign up to covenant. It's time to re-sign up. Listen, it's going to cost us something. We might need to be circumcised. In other areas of the Bible, it talks about circumcising our heart. It talks about these things. Listen, there's so many people that serve in this place. There's so many people that give themselves and sacrifice their lives. It's not fair. I, w my kids tend to say that a lot, and we, we, it's, it's automatic timeout if they say it's not fair. But I'm saying it today. It's not fair. It's not fair that a group of people does all the serving while we sign up just to attend on a Sunday and come and it's not costing us much. Listen, I'm making it difficult to be part of the family here. It's actually gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you time, treasure, and talent. It's actually gonna cost you something. It's time to put the pedal to the metal. It's time to get to the river and figure out if we're all in or if we're not. Listen, I'd rather go down to one service and have 200 people of sold out people who are circumcised, who are in covenant, and who are sold out to change the kingdom together than just a, just a, a group of a thousand people who are mediocre, who don't have a heart connection. 
Listen, this is, this is not something that we're taking lightly. I, I signed our mortgage away, and a few of us others did, for this purpose, for, for this place, for this ministry. Listen, it's, it, it cost me something. It cost me something. It, it's cost me time. It's cost me my life. And I wouldn't change anything for it. Why? Because I've made covenant with God. I've made covenant with this ministry. And I've made covenant with all of you. I'm waiting for you to make covenant back. It's going to cost you something. So when you put that picture on that family wall, can we get the picture of that up? It's on the, um, the announcements. I want that picture up of the family wall and just pause it. When we put our picture up on that family wall, it's going to cost us something. It's not just a beautiful family picture. Look at us. Look how big we are. Listen, I, I couldn't care a hill of beans how big Upper Room is and how many people we have. Are we changing a region? Are we impacting a kingdom? Are we giving people hope and life in Jesus Christ? Are we prophesying people into their destinies? Are we healing the sick? Are we, are we doing things that God's called us to? Are we equipping the believers for the work of the ministry? When you're hanging that thing up, it's not just, hey, looks good. Look how many pictures we have now. No. I want you to own it. I want you to actually say, listen, I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm going to own this thing. This is going to cost me something, but I'm going to give my time, talent, and treasure. I'm going to be faithful to this place, and I'm actually going to put a stake in the ground and own it. This is my land. This is my home. This is my house. This is my family. This is my legacy. This is my children's legacy. This is my grandchildren's legacy to change the nations through what we're doing here on earth right now. It's going to own it. Will you come up and pray? <laughs> I just want you to put your hands on your heart. I think I did enough. just to kind of sink, <laughs> sink in. I just thank you, um, Holy Spirit, for, for the ones that, you know, are here and that we're hearing this with spirit ears. We're receiving it in the spirit. We're receiving it deep in our hearts. God, we thank you. We're actually grateful that covenant is a requirement. God, covenant is something that is very important to you. We're thankful that we're a body of people that are willing to say yes to that. And God, that we're a body of people that are not satisfied with mediocre, just as we were declaring earlier, God, that part of the hunger that's coming, part of the hunger that's that's being stirred up in us uh, has to do with the covenant. And I thank you for a body of people that are willing to step out of comfort and into a covenant zone, God. I thank you for the days ahead and the um, opportunities ahead. God, we thank you for the opportunities to get vulnerable and transparent. God, as we just grow closer to you, we grow closer to each other. God, I 
I thank you that you give us endurance to face the weird looks of the world, to face the weird looks of even other congregations, Lord, who don't understand what we're about, what we go after, God. They don't understand our words and our verbiage, and they don't understand our heart. God, I thank you that you give us the, the, the patience, the endurance, the, the deep spiritual knowing of how to um, host those conversations, God. But in that same moment, God, you're planting seeds that allow people to hunger and thirst for a deeper, deeper covenant with you and with each other and with family and, and, and just with the family of God. I'm just reminded of the verse that says, blessed are those who are not offended because of him. And we just say that we are a bunch of people who are not offended. <laughs> we just thank you, Jesus. And we, just, we are just here to say yes today to what you're taking us into. And thank you, Lord. out of comfort into covenant um just just to kind of like I, I just think there's been this timeline of like the last year of what's happening and even the messages of where they're going because i think god's firming up foundation and i think he's like getting everything ready for the harvest that's already starting to come in like revival's here like there's an awakening happening and and i believe what's happening is Listen, we, we want to do this here. We, we want to be healthy. We want to be so strong together. That way when more people come in, and, and even if people come in who are trying to break things up, or even the enemy, and you know people who are, yeah, I, I can't wait for the day, and we've had some coming in witchcraft, casting spells on us and trying to break this apart. Listen, I, I think what's happening is we're, we're firming up a foundation to where we have each other's hearts, and we're doing this together. We are the mighty warriors together. All right, we are the mighty warriors. We are God's army coming together. So then no matter who comes, what happens, how big or, or, or we don't get, it doesn't matter that, listen, we are making an impact, but we're doing it together. We're breaking bread. We're, we're selling our possessions to give to each other and not literally everything. I'm just saying we are sacrificing for one another, serving each other. But I love you so much and you're amazing. Have a fantastic week and a fantastic day. God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face upon you. We love you.